My guest today is a great singer, songwriter, musician, and founding member of the band The Tangent, who have a brand new album out called The Slow Rust of Forgotten Machinery. It's available now. I'm pleased to welcome Andy Tillerson. Thanks, Roy. Yeah, nice to hear you. How you doing, man? Good to uh, speak with you again. It's been a little while. It has indeed, yeah. Okay, yeah, it has. Glad to see a a new record coming out. I want to ask, I know you had a a health scare a little while ago. Everything's okay? You're doing fine? Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely fine, thanks, Roy. Uh, no, no, uh, no worries with um, uh, with that at the moment. Um, obviously, you know, it was a heart attack, so it uh, it was quite a serious thing. But uh, I seem to be past it now, and um, you know, looking forward to the rest of my life, basically. <laughs> <laughs> good thing, good thing. Big news, new album, you know, out this Friday. I guess it comes out. Tell me about uh, what what prompted you to get back to. Uh, right back to work but put out a new album and you released a few steps down the wrong road before that was that always going to be on the album and then you got sidetracked or or because of the health thing or how did did it all come together well obviously you know i mean when i keep i keep on thinking of it as being a huge long break that i'm coming back after this long but actually we haven't actually deviated from our normal two yearly release cycle it's just about two years ago that um sparking the ether came out and all this has happened and you know um i seem to have gone at the normal speed and uh i I was trying to work out how it all happened but for a while after i was ill i kind of uh stopped stopped writing and didn't really think about music much i did a few sort of like little ideas i even wrote parts of it in hospital um but when it came down to it, I think the thing that made me really want to start again was, you know, when the Brexit thing happened here in the UK. Um, I had something to write about. I wanted to write about it immediately. And, of course, we did a few steps down the wrong road. And um, that was immediately released on YouTube uh, just so we could sort of, you know, have the ability to strike while the iron was hot to say something immediately and um consequently from that a lot of the albums started to come together in my head about what i wanted to do and say and uh it just it just developed and off we went again you know and uh, that's really what music's about it's about you know the things that fire you at that particular time are what you want to write about um Unless, of course, you're in that position where you just write because you need another million bucks, you know. So, <laughs> right. You know, because uh, uh, that's that's for other bands to do because, um, you know, uh, I haven't made a million bucks yet. So. <laughs> I mean, you know, the last album had um, a little bit more of a, I, I guess for you it might have been a happier record for looking back on it now. The Slow Rust of Forgotten Machinery, is this sort of a look at uh, you know all the problems in in the world, and and looking back on how things used to be, uh, you know, better, and you know, a few steps down the wrong road, all that kind of stuff. Is that what mostly this this album was was written about? I, I think it's absolutely inevitable. I mean, I find myself looking back and being nostalgic about how the world was in two thousand and fourteen. <laughs> two thousand and fourteen. It's like three years ago, and right. you and I'm. From my point of view, you know, I think those times were, you know, happier times, less, less I mean, they weren't, you know, there were still problems, of course. It wasn't a sort of a halcyon days of 2014, but, <laughs> you know, um, uh, I, uh, 
I just look at the world now uh, and you know I don't it, it's not quite as pleasant for me to live in as it is for you uh, as it as it no not not as for you as, as it was then right um, you know obviously there's been a big surge in right-wing politics right across the world and we've seen that manifest itself um, in the USA France nearly went that way but didn't in the end thank them. although we don't know which way they have gone um, you know there's people like Andoan in Turkey and there's um, you know there's there's been Berlusconi in Italy which has been a uh, and of course there's a, an Austrian guy nearly won it there and um, we had Brexit you know and it's like <laughs> what the hell's going on kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it's been uh, crazy times for sure. I, I think the people, I think people of myself who, who who are part of the original progressive rock generation who, you know, we were all there thinking about, you know, prog rock was to us, you know, it was just a continuation of the hippie idealism, the summer of love and all that kind of stuff. And prog rock was a direct, you know, byproduct of the summer of love. And, uh, to find ourselves living in a world where those values are being challenged and thrown away and trashed it's it's not nice you know and somebody like me well i'm going to comment about it you know i'm not going to comment on it in a in a horrible way and say that everybody's bastards or anything like that <laughs> but i'm going to have my i'm going to have my say and and put my point across and that's it you know you can either like it or not like it and uh, i won't hold you um, I won't hold you personally responsible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, lyrics aside, I mean, the music is still, uh, you know, amazing, uh, a great instrumental work by everybody, yourself included. Uh, you know, when you have these thoughts in mind of what you want to say and really speak about issues that are concerning to you, how much does that drive the music involved? Do you, are you still writing the music first and then you're writing these lyrics or, or, how, or is it the other way around? I mean, tangents never really had that kind of rule, but a great deal of the time, it's um, it's a lyrical idea. It's a it's a it's an overall idea for what I want the song to be about. That helps me write the music itself. And then when I've written the music, then I write the lyrics that I originally kind of thought in my own head I was going to write about to see how they fit with the music. You know, it's it's always been a chicken or the egg situation, and sure. and it's. Even now, um, uh, you know, after nine Tangent albums, uh, seven PO90 albums and all the other stuff I've written, I couldn't actually quite, <laughs> strangely enough, I couldn't really ex exactly explain how it all happens. It just does, you know. Um, it, you know, it's like... Um, it's like one of those things, you know, you go to work and you go every day to work and then you one day you're at work and you think, how did I get here this morning? You suddenly think, I can't remember my journey to work, you know, because you were on autopilot and somehow or other you got into your car, you drove through negotiated traffic, which is an incredibly complex thing to do. Um, <laughs> and it is, you know, it, it's a hugely complicated thing to do, but you just do it automatically and these things happen and of course like it's the same with music i've made an awful lot of records and i know what i want to do i know what i want to do and the the, the inspiration's there that's the stuff i remember but the actual process of, of just doing it getting there that kind of melts into the background really um, sure it's, yeah it's and a strange I can see that after after doing it for so long, it's just it's yeah. part of it's part of who you are, and and the music just just happens. Sure. 
That's right. Yes. Um, one of the one of the standout tracks is the instrumental, the the second track, the Doctor Livingstone, which is really tremendous all the way around. Uh, and I've read a, a, a lot of different reviews where a lot of people agree. Um, you know, talk about something like that happening and and when. Uh, you decide, hey, this is great. I'm not even going to sing over this. Let's just leave this one how it is. Uh, yeah, of course, that that did happen. Um, it is an instrumental, um, and uh, some of you will be quite uh, amused to find the fact that um, it's actually got a lyric credit. Um, <laughs> uh, and I credited the lyrics to Luke Machin, who's the guitarist, because, like, it... it as far as I'm concerned, what he does with his guitar on that track is the lyrics to the song. Um, and it's a strange thing to try to, to explain, but, I, you know, I think that, he, that's, that he, he's playing the role of the vocalist with his guitar because, you know, he speaks in a language with that thing, you know, and uh, it says a lot, does that song. And it's that particular one is a very important one to me from the health point of view because that was that was a song where... I finally managed to get back into what I was doing and I was aware of the fact that I'd kind of lost my drive artistically and I wasn't really that interested and I decided I must find it, you know, I must rediscover myself, which is a bit like the story of somebody deciding that they needed to go and find the elusive Dr. Livingston who'd gone missing some years before, who was an mm. explorer. Uh, and uh, you know, so uh, I went off and uh, to try and see if I could uh, <laughs> find myself, if you know what I mean. Sure. And it's a very nice little cartoon on the sleeve of uh, of me meeting myself in some unnamed location, um, and uh, that's that's exactly what happened. And and that piece of music was the kind of search to see: can I still do this? Have I still got it in me? I didn't really want to make it a, a self-conscious song about, you know, hey, you know, I've made it through that kind of stuff. Uh, so I just got Luke to play this. I wrote the song for Luke to play guitar on. And boy, did he play guitar on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's great. Uh, how much do you make? Uh, I'm sorry. How much music do you produce for an album before you decide it's done or you just wrote these five songs and you knew that was enough and the album was was good yeah i think so it's it's just it's just what comes out at the time you know i it, once again no rules no real explanation for it i i um i've always liked longer format music the tangent's never been frightened of doing epics like our um our buddies transatlantic you know we uh we 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 relish the the idea of a long song um and of course, sadly, that does alienate a few people who look at a record and think, "Well, there's it's eighty minutes long and there's only five tracks." That's, yeah. You know, and they, as you guys in America say, they do the math and uh, and uh, and work out, "Gosh, that's an average song time of such and such and such," uh, and you know uh, that doesn't really appeal to them. But the, the fact is, is that you know the there's probably more songs on our album than there are on, you know, on an ABBA, on an ABBA album, but it's just sure. that they don't stop in between each one. You know, there's this constant sort of, um, thing. Well, we, you know, we're writing cinematic things, telling stories and, and, and stories take a long time to tell, you know, uh, and, and you've got it. And if the story's good, people want to listen. And that's essentially what we're doing. We're, we're still looking for that, 
group of people out there in the world who want more from their music than a five minute long or two minute long um, burst of joy or sadness or funkiness or danciness or whatever they want more than that they want an experience that they can travel with and that's what we give them you know where uh, that's, that's why funny. we're here i remember when i was younger if there was the one song on an album that was longer than 10 minutes that's the one song i avoided for weeks before i got to yeah. you know and now yeah. it's the first song i listen to and i if the song that's three minutes I'll, that one i ignore for a while it's completely changed <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, that's it. It, it depends. It depends what you want, want from music, you know, and, yeah. and people want different things from it. Um, you know, and I can want different things from it because, you know, sometimes I want to put a record on. I don't want to hear anything proggy. I want to hear something quick, fast, enjoy and just get my spirits going or whatever. Uh, I want to listen to a lots of different kinds of music in an hour. Uh, then, you know, uh, then it's a different story altogether. But there are those sacred times to me where I decide, right, I'm going to listen to one of my favorites now. I'll put a tail some topographic oceans on or something like that. Go grab myself a coffee. Um, Back in the days when I'd smoke, I'd get uh, uh, get my cigs and uh, sit down in front of the um, in front of the hi-fi and uh, make sure there was nothing to distract me. Take the right. phone off the hook, uh, no computer, no videos, nothing, just the music on its own. I think that's something that the world is beginning to forget how to do. Yeah, uh, yeah. there are some people who do it, but even I do it less than I would like. Uh, I think a lot of people would say the same, that they're doing it less and less and less. But it's still a fantastic thing to do. Uh, but as I say, so many people, uh, even if they do put it on and, and concentrate on it, they may still be thumbing through their phone their phone, or looking at an internet page. or. Well, that's a, that's a hard thing to, to not do these days. It really is. If the phone is anywhere near you, it becomes yeah, something well, you grab. You know, you almost have to leave it in the other room. That's the only way to get get away from that. I'm pretty immune to mobile phones. I'm I'm very lucky. Is that I don't actually like them very much. Uh, they're very, thing. very, very, very useful. But I consider them. I'm just about old enough to think they're a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they are. I've learned that. Um, you know, I just spoke with Guy Manning about his album with Demanic, his new band. And also Jonas Rangel recently. And, it, you know, I'm fascinated by how all of you guys have known each other for, for so many years and are all play on different albums. And, and this guy's on that album with that guy. And then there's two other guys from another. And there's all these things going on. You know, how much in communication are you with all these different musicians? And it is it really this sort of small community where you all you know, know each other, you know, you know, I need a baseline, I can call Jonas, I need, you know, is that just how it is with everybody over there? Well, I mean, uh, no, um, <laughs> I mean, obviously, with, uh, you know, Guy and, uh, and, and Jonas, so they've been on my radar for more than 15 years, um, you know, and, and Guy goes, I go right back with Guy. Um, I'm not working with him at the moment. Um, and, you know, that's just the way it is at the moment. At the moment, he's, what he's doing is um, what he needs to do and what I'm doing is what I need to do. There will come a time when we work together again. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I, I think that the, we, that that particular pool of musicians, yeah, fine. But, you know, um, there are, there are, I mean, like there's a band 
there's a band who live less than 20 miles from me, mostly autumn. I have nothing to do with them at all, and they have nothing to do with me. Um, I uh, I know the name of one of them, but that's it, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. And I, IQ, for example, I have nothing to do with them. I've got nothing to do. Uh, you know, so there's, there's an awful lot of people doing prog in England, and we don't all know each other. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's... It's a. Uh, it sometimes it's a feels nice like that. It feels like that. That's what the the um, uh, sort of the sense of that music there. But I could see how it's the same thing. It's like you live in America. You don't know everybody in America. So I, 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 right. I think I understand what you're saying. Um, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I just want to go back to uh, you know you deciding to form the band and and how the first album came together what was what was the sort of thought and, and beginning of it for you um, I think that what I did was um, similar to what Stephen Wilson did um, several years later um, and that I was in parallel 90 degrees which was kind of my band that hadn't quite decided to be a progressive rock band it, it certainly had a lot of progressive elements to it, but like Porcupine Tree, it was kind of a bit more modern focused. You know, we were still attempting to become a uh, household name band, if you see what I mean. You know, that was it. Our our focus wasn't about prog; it was about you know becoming a uh, becoming a sort of more widely available group. Mm-hmm. It didn't happen, of course, but. Whilst I was actually recording a, a PO90 album, I just happened to start noodling about and thinking, uh, why don't I just actually do a bit of old-fashioned prog, you know, and see what I can do with that. And um, I'd, I'd heard um, a, a few records that I really like, notably by Transatlantic, Flower Kings and things like that. So I tried my hand at doing some um, more out-and-out proggy stuff. And uh, the result was the demos for the music that died alone. And those got passed over to the Flower Kings. And they decided they'd like to help me make it. And um, that was, uh, you know, a, a story that's often been told, uh, how, how that happened through a friend of mine. And, uh, and of course, you know, we decided, we, we made that record. And, yeah, it was um, it was a... I, th- I think that at that particular point, one of the most important things we did was to really absolutely get, try to throw this nonsense out of the door because I was totally fed up of going around pretending that I wasn't really a prog rocker. I was right. fed up of, of, <laughs> right. of, of denying it. I was, I was fed up of Stephen Wilson denying it. I was fed up of everybody. And I, and I just thought, we're a bloody prog rock band. And we went out and, you know, I found, a, you know, Ed Unitsky's cover for the album was absolutely, totally, 100% prog rock. You know, it looked like a, it looked like a, a Roger Dean sleeve or something like that. And we absolutely decided that, you know, if we're going to do this, let's get behind it. Let's stop sort of slagging it off. Let's stop saying, well, we're kind of prog, but, you know, we're not really, you know, that's a, you know, fuck it. This is what we are, you know, <laughs> right. and, uh, and, and, um, I think that caught on. I think, I think that, I think that's sort of like, uh, that was a very successful record for us. It sold a lot of records. It still sells now. Um, and, um, you know, that was a, that was a really, 
and it launched the band's career of course um now of course since that time you know the second album was very much kind of a little bit more of the same but on the third album we started to move away and started to be more experimental and started to incorporate more different styles of music into into what we did but that first one was very much a pure progressive rock experience and of yeah. course one of the things that we did with it was we actually had songs that were about progressive rock music now that was i think that was the first time that had been done um i don't know how many other we've done it a couple of times since we have visited that we did it on our our most recent album sparking the ether um which was kind of a part two of of, of music that died alone anyway right. but you know i think that it, it struck a chord with a lot of people because a lot of people were disaffected they'd grown up and they'd constantly seen their music slagged off and everything and and then they kept on finding bands that they liked and then that band would turn around and say oh but we're not really prog and, you know and, right it was like a bad was, word for a while and and for some yeah, bands it, it like, still is which is crazy yeah i mean uh, but you know um you know that's that's it i think that our openness about that at the time was was pretty good and um and and it worked for us definitely definitely what so about, yeah it was, it's a it's no. an album I like and um, I, I still feel pretty pleased with. Um, I don't like the fact that, you know, it's 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 what a lot of people only know that record and kind of think, <laughs> well, oh, I didn't, uh, and I don't like, I didn't like the band after Roy and Stolt left. I mean, you know, that's obviously a bit of a disappointment to me when people say that. Um, I've even heard people say, well, uh, you know, it was better when Royner was writing the songs and course the thing is, is that they don't realize that Reiner never wrote the songs uh, for the tangent you know I asked him to and he, he politely declined you know so um, that was it he, he he wanted to just play the guitar on the record um, and uh, he didn't want to get involved in the writing so that's fair enough him not being involved afterwards was that just something where he a time thing or did you ask him to be involved or it just didn't work out or I think at the time, I mean, like he did the first two albums with us, in fact, right. he, he, uh, and, and one uh, sort of like fan-released live album. But uh, Reiner was, you know, a fantastic uh, person to have involved. I mean, he taught me an awful lot. Um, the whole process of being a musician is about learning off people uh, and developing yourself from what other people can teach you. And that is still going on now. I've learned an awful lot of, of Jonas throughout the years. And, of course, I'm learning from Luke, who is, um, you know, 30 years younger than me. Um, but I'm still learning an awful lot of him right now. Um, and... Uh, that's 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 just a, an amazing thing when Reiner left the group he, he um he did those first two albums and he just he rang me up and said look guys um i have i've got to concentrate on the flower kings i've got to concentrate on kaipa at the time and um you know uh that was fair enough we never expected him to become a full-time member of a full-time band he didn't either he hadn't expected that we'd go live and we'd you know plan for more releases uh, and so it was an entirely friendly parting um you know uh, and we knew that this would affect us and of course this meant that we really had to prove that we could 
exist without him because of course at the time even though i was writing the music um Reiner was by far uh, the most well-known face in the band um and so we had to kind of prove that we could exist without that and so we put together our next album which was a place in the queue which many people feel is um you know uh probably our best record um and other people think that that first one is so it's just a case of you pays your money you take your choice <laughs> and of course we now actually have people <laughs> who come and they they, they go what Reiner Stolt was in this band once you know, <laughs> right. that's, a, that's a it's a long time ago and we've got people who joined the band's career you know around about the time we released an album called com you know that's four albums ago so uh and 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 those people are just as important well cool that's awesome i mean this is great stuff thank you well andy pleasure as always uh the album's amazing always amazing music from you guys i'll talk to you soon and um hopefully we'll see you around okay my friend that's really nice okay thank you very much roy take care of yourself and uh see you again all right bye 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 Thanks to Andy for the interview. Don't forget the new album, The Slow Rust of Forgotten Machinery, is available now. We're going to close with the opening track off that album called Two Rope Swings. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks. Whether in our own backfields Or burning savannah plains Some kid will build a rope swing Yeah.
is naive as that Did I see a world where it's all still here Where nothing lives in danger or doubt or fear A couple of years after they shot that herd I learned piano on the tusks that I deserved Akimi struggles to feed his ailing mom Sells me ornamentation he gathers with a gun And we think Africa is like some fairyland Like in the picture books we read when we played on the swings Lions and tigers, wildebeest and Oh, mm-hmm. 